You are now listening to the Bishop Stortford Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. Happy New Year. But the question really is, what will make it happy? And so we begin with Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31 is about uh, Moses reaching 120, and the Lord speaks to him. And he says to him, You shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said, and the Lord will do to them what he did to Shion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, who he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And as we enter a new year, as we face all kinds of different things, I believe we really are living in a time of trial. And this morning I want to look at what it means in terms of a time for this and a time for that. Well, it's a time of trial. And some of it feels intimidating. And we live, in a sense, with the aftermath of the COVID experience and all that has changed as a result of that. We live with economic difficulties and poverty, hardship. We live with ecological bad news as an ongoing issue. We live with violence that is uh, both uh, personal but also uh, global national violence like Ukraine and Gaza. We live with elections hanging over our head. Uncertainty has really become the water in which we swim in. And it feels a little bit like Israel was at the end of all these 40 years of wandering around in the desert. Um, The land that was promised lies ahead of them, but it seems out of reach. It seems no longer that real. They've become immune to the fact that uh, there is something better. And we need to I think, take stock and press through the fire, through the testing, because all of these things um, are exposing us for what we are. This time of trial is also, I think, a time of reckoning, a time of having to take stock. And if we go through to Luke chapter 22, there is a very interesting passage here where they're at the Last Supper, the disciples with Jesus, and Um, he's taken the cup and he said he will be betrayed. And then from verse 24, a dispute rises up amongst them as to who will be the greatest. And so Jesus takes hold of this moment to talk not only about that, but what it means to actually serve and to see uh, the kingdom come in that kind of way, in the same way as Philippians 2 says that he came to serve and not to be served. And then at the end of that, In verse 31, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as as wheat. 
But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And then that's where Peter uh, declares that he is willing to go to prison for Jesus. And he says to Peter, listen, before the cock crows three times, you will deny me three times that you know me. You see, this reckoning is this uh, world of uncertainty that we swim in, is a sense that we are being sifted as we enter into this year, that we have to take stock. It's not just a time of trial or a time of reckoning. It's, it's a time of recognizing that our attitudes, the way we think, our priorities, our lifestyle, all our values are being challenged. They're being challenged by what's going on around us, but also what uh, transpires within us. And the basic rule about all of this is that you never come out the other side the same. You either come out better or worse. And the choice actually lies with you and I. Here's the problem. That in a time of trial, a time of reckoning, a time of coming to grips with what's going on, there is also this great temptation. It's a time of temptation where it is easy to retreat, to retract within ourselves, to consolidate, play it safe, make sure that we protect our own comfort and our own little worlds. We become so averse to risk that we become our worlds become smaller and smaller. Or you could just say, well, what the heck? And you just drift like a twig on a fast-flowing river, saying, well, what can I do in, in the whole context of this? That's where this passage from Luke 10 is interesting. And you know it exceptionally well. It's the what we call the parable of the Good Samaritan, Luke 10, verse 25 onwards. And um, it's the whole question about what does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus tells this parable that we've called or it's been named the Good Samaritan. And in the parable, and you know it, and I'm not going to read the whole thing now, but this man gets uh, beaten up by thieves who steal his stuff and leave him half dead. And a Levite comes down the road. And a priest follows after him at some stage. And both of these men withdraw into the safety of their theological worlds. They withdraw from the bleeding man. They make a functional retreat, if you like, and they preserve their own world, their own place in the world. I think in the world that we live in now, it can be easy for us to say, well, I need to protect my world. I need to protect the things that are important to me. And that's true. It's not wrong. But I think we have a time of choice ahead of us that is just like the one that the Samaritan, this man who was looked down upon by all the religious people, the theological people, the Samaritan comes along, this outcast, this person who's a nobody, but he's the one who stops, he pulls up, he, 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 he gets his hands dirty, he acts. He enters into the world of this wounded man, into his suffering. And so in doing that, he creates a new future. And here's the thing that is so important for me in, in this, 
is that this is a year, I believe, that we can create a new future, that we can learn to act in such a way that we act like the Samaritan, that we let ourselves be struck by what we see, what we experience, what's going on around us. It will change you. It will disrupt your world. And part of that means that you have to take up your cross, is what Jesus was talking about. If you want to bring new life, if you want to see something new and creative happening in your world, if you don't want to just drift and retract in these times, then you will be changed. You will be challenged. It will cost you. There's an interesting passage in Romans 8, and it's such a well-worn passage. But here I want to just pick up one verse. It talks about, we know in verse 22, Romans 8, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. We, in some ways, I think, sometimes have this view that creation was done and dusted right at the beginning, that it was finished, it was complete, and there was nothing more to be done. Well, what Paul is saying in this verse, and we'll look at Genesis 1 in a second, but what Paul is saying in this verse is that creation is growing, there's birth pains, even up till now. The whole event of the birthing of creation is not completed. It's an ongoing process. It's still yet to be finished. And we are active participants in that process. We are partners with God in the birthing of the fullness, the maturity of creation. And God intended for us to be co-creators, to join with him in the whole process. When you go back to Genesis 1 and you look at the way in which he created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. That's Genesis 1 verse 27. Then what happens is that God blesses them and he says to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. I will give you, and, and, and so it goes on. The point here is that that mandate to rule is, has been often seen as a mandate to dominate. But if you read it carefully, it's, it's, it's to be co-creators with God, to take what is there and be creative what is there, to change, to build, to master creation in a positive way, to bring it to maturity, creating with it, from it, for it. In other words, we are genuinely created in the image of God as creators and called to be co-creators with God. So when it comes to a new year, when it comes to a new day even, it doesn't depend on some random thing where we are passive and we drift like the twig in the, in, in the river. No, I think actually we are called to be co-creators co of the future, to build a new tomorrow. When the Lord told us to go forth and multiply and master the earth, he's saying to us, be creators of your own future. Be participant in your own future. Build tomorrow. Build it as God sees it. Build it as the kingdom of God. Now, I believe as we enter a new year, and even day by day, every single day, his mercies are new every morning, we are told. 
that we are called to dream what is possible and to build what we think will be really good. It's a time for, it's a time of trial, it's a time of reckoning, it's a time perhaps of temptation, but it is a time of choice. It is a time to dream. And I want to take you back now to um, Deuteronomy, but this is now a little bit before the passage that I read. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30 and creates the context for what I read to you earlier. So I've been a bit sneaky perhaps, but here it is. The the Lord has spoken to them about how he will prosper them and, and, and how if they turn to him and live with him and are obedient to him, he will bless them. So Deuteronomy 30, verse 11 following, and I'm going to read this because it is important. It's quite a bit. Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. This is the Lord speaking to Israel, speaking to Moses. It is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask, who will ascend to heaven to get it and proclaim to us that we may obey it? So it's not up there. Nor is it beyond the sea. So you have to ask, who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim to us that we may obey it? It's not up there or out there is what God is saying. No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so that you may obey it. And then he says this, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. As we begin this year, as we enter into the, the uncharted territories of a new land, as we tread each day, each step of the way, he's saying, you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, if you drift, if you just get consumed by the uncertainty and the uh, trials and temptations around, I declare to you, says the Lord, that you will certainly be destroyed. You will go down a vortex. You will not live long. That's my ad, by the way. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. And then these verses. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give you for your fathers, to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now choose life. That's what God is saying to us. Life in all its fullness is what he came to give us. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life in all its abundance, fullness, wholeness, love, peace, joy, kindness. All those things, it's, it's vital. It's, it's full of energy and life. And this is when he speaks to Moses and says, the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. 
Joshua will cross over ahead of you. So be strong and courageous. This is Deuteronomy 30 verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For the Lord your God goes with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And then he calls Israel together. And in the presence of Israel, he says exactly the same thing to Joshua. And I believe to us. Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them, and you must divide it among you as their inheritance. Finally, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. The Lord goes before you and will be with you, each of you, each of us, into this year. He will never leave us nor forsake us. So don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Choose life. And enter this year with a sense of building, being co-creators, creating a future for our own families, for our own communities, for this world that looks like the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus came, to reinvigorate the sense of choosing life, choosing to do something with God, stepping each day into a new world and not just drifting. The Lord bless you and I'll see you on Sunday.